This morning's scripture reading comes from the second chapter of the book of Isaiah, verses 2 through 5. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills, and all nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The word of God for the people of God. Let us be in the spirit of prayer for just a moment. Holy God, in the still Advent spaces of our lives, we inch forward. We are so eager to hear you whisper the word that you have for us today. Be in the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts that each of us might be touched by your undying love. Amen. So today we begin the Christian year with the first season, which is Advent. And our theme this Advent is we sing the story. The Christmas season is full of wonderful music. Christmas music brings back all kinds of memories to our minds. We remember how when we were little, Grandma loved to sing Silent Night in German. And we remember how the youth group sang carols at the nursing home. The carols not only tell the Christian birth story, they tell and express our contemporary stories of longing and expectation. In this Christmas culture of instant gratification and consumer numbing, we sing our story to give an alternate alternate story a voice. And today we sing the story of hope. Hope is not a word that is often defined well. So let's work together to define the word hope. What is it that you think of when you think of the word hope? What comes to mind? What kind of words come to mind when you think of the word hope? Peace. Peace. Expectation. Patience. Love, centering, optimism, possibility, love. These are ideas that are future-oriented. So hope is a future tense. And in the Bible, we hear that the people of God in Israel had hope. Hope is confidence that God's promises, that God will come through on God's promises. It's in the future. 
However, so today's carol we chose was O Come Emmanuel, and if you listen to those words, it doesn't sound like a very hopeful situation. It speaks of the people of Israel who are in Babylon. They're exiled from home, and they are lonely, and they are crying out. Envy, strife, and quarrels are everywhere. The sad song describes the reality found in the exiled people of Israel. But if we are really and truly honest, it describes our reality too. And then this refrain comes out of nowhere saying, Rejoice! Rejoice! Emmanuel! Which means God is with us. God is always present even when things look bleak. The prophet Isaiah knows exactly who he's talking to. And he's speaking directly to these depressed Israelites in Babylon. And he gives them a little pep talk. He gives them a vision that God lures all of the nations onto a high mountain. And it is there that these folks will learn a new way of life. God will settle all of their fights, all of their quarrels, all of the things that they disagree upon on that summit. And people will be so happy and will respect one another so much that they won't need their weapons of war anymore. And so what they'll do with those weapons is they'll melt them down and turn them into gardening tools so that everyone has enough to eat. Perhaps some of us are closing our eyes right now and with heavy hearts think of all the conflicts that flare up all over the world and in our neighborhoods and in our homes. Isaiah's words, they sound nice and all, but real life has made cynics of many of us. The words of the prophet feel tone deaf to the headlines and to our human condition. Our everyday reality is light years away from the prophet's vision of healing and justice and peace up there on Magic Mountain. And so how do we sing? How do we sing a story of hope when we're living in hard times? Back in September, I spoke to Colorado Springs City Council. I was invited by a friend to advocate for a citizen's review board that would have more oversight and accountability of our law enforcement. This was in response to the fatal police shooting of 19-year-old Devon Bailey back in August. Of course, my testimony there in front of city council was only one of so many ideas that filled that crowded room, ideas that wanted to help to make a more just system. Then, several months later, on November 13th, a grand jury unanimously exonerated the Colorado Springs police officers that were involved in that tragedy. And then a week later, Devon Bailey's cousin was acquitted, a separate case that revealed a false claim that he and his cousin Devon were committing a crime. In all honesty, I'm not feeling very hopeful about our justice system. The black community that was there that day and who lives mostly in K-Land is feeling very threatened and vulnerable and distrusting. 
Our city is fractured by this unjust tragedy and a system that doesn't work for everyone. And as someone who has been working for racial justice for a long time now, I'm feeling frustrated. Why would anyone continue this work? Sometimes I am so tempted to just blend in and rejoin the masses and numb the hopes that anything will change for the better. But then I think about Dr. Martin Luther King and how he dared to speak of a dream in the era of Jim Crow. Talk about tone deaf. When Dr. King spoke the words of his I have a dream speech, the dream did not include people just hanging out, appreciating the elegance of his words, and then just waiting for the great day of justice and peace to arrive. Dr. King was an Advent man, and he took that long view of justice And his vision was a continued call in that stream that reached back to people like Harriet Tubman and then reached forward to let people like Barack Obama. And even with the consistent work, we are still waiting for Dr. King's dream to manifest fully, aren't we? God invites us not to just sit and wait and imagine a better world in our little comfortable places, but to have the kind of expectation that lures us into peacemaking, where it becomes a lived-out priority in our everyday lives. After that day in front of city council, I was revved up, I was restless, and I remembered that hope isn't the absence of hard And so I contacted several of the community activists that were there that day to find out what's next. What are the next steps? And over meals and coffees and time spent together, we shared our stories. Real pain, real movements, real expressions, real community built out of tragedies. Ironically, what was next wasn't a protest or a petition or a boycott. What was next was deep, felt connection. It reminded me of a TED Talk that I watched once of a man named Sharif Abdullah, who is a lawyer and an author in Portland, Oregon. And he said that America is soul sick. We're soul sick and need, desperately need a spiritual transformation in order for our system to change. And Sharif thought that it was important to feel connected with all people, not just the people that we know, but people that we don't know and possibly don't like. And so he wrote this in his book. While practical goals are important, the spiritual goal is to awaken the compassion that lies at the root of all change. Success doesn't mean I've saved an endangered species or cleaned up a toxic waste dump or fed hungry children. Success means awakening myself in the spirit that can help make a better life for others. Success means that I have acted in the world as if I were a part of it, not apart from it. Success means becoming conscious of and faithful to my values and to my soul. End quote. 
Advent hope is a spiritual practice that recognizes how interdependent and interconnected we are with all living beings. It is important to have hope when life is hard because hope is actually the feeling that helps us suffer well. Hope is the feeling that helps us suffer well. Hope helps us choose life, but not just life for us, life for all of God's children. So let's do another reflection. Let's close our eyes for just a moment and take a deep breath and reflect on what we hope for. What do we dare to hope for in hard times? What do you hope for in this season? It can be a big hope or a little hope. Close your eyes and feel the hope filling your whole body. And think about one hope that you'd like to share. Let's open our eyes. And I'd like to hear from all of the generations. So, this is a good test of who's missing. But we were going to start with Gen Z. The Gen Zers are like, what is a Gen Z? So these are people who are under 24 years old. Do we have anyone here who's under 24? Yeah? What's a hope you might have? What's a hope you have? Hope for Christmas. Kayla, what's your hope over there? Good health. What's a hope? Any other Gen Zers got a hope? Anyone else? Iris, you had a good one in the circle that we forgive each other even when we make mistakes. That was a good hope. Yeah. All right. What's another one back there? What, what's that? They're glass half full instead of half empty. Awesome. What's another hope? Ben, what's another hope? Excellent. Excellent. You need help. What else? What else? What's the last hope from this generation? Oh, for everyone to believe in Jesus and God in some form, in some form of love. That's right. All right, here's the real test. I'm kind of looking over here. Millennials? Are there any millennials? Oh my gosh, Jack! I knew, I knew you were right in the middle for a reason. Jack. Okay, so millennials are people under 38 years old. So if we have, so that's from 25 to 38. Any hopes for the season, Jack? To be prepared. Any other millennials? Are you millennial? Not, yeah, kind of. <laughs> On the cusp. Any other millennials want to share a hope? 25 to 38. All right, Gen Xers. There are some of us here. What, what do we have as far as Gen Xers are the generation from 39 to 54? Gen Xers. Whoop, whoop. What do we have a hope for? We're the forgotten generation. Any Gen Xers have hopes? What's up? Any hopes? 
Yeah, that's, that's what they said when we were in college, that we were hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Appreciating giving rather than receiving. Transformation. Coming together. Deep connection. All right, the largest group in this room are probably our baby boomers. That's 55 to 73. Any hopes from the baby boomers? No more war. Environmental justice. To listen to each other, community. People being kind. Any more baby boomer wisdom? All right. Professor Bunting says, <laughs> Professor Bunting is like, got a whole long hope around cognitive complexities. This is a diverse world, and that kind of acceptance is really needed. And so now, the piece de resistance is the silent generation above 75 years old, 73 to 75 and plus, what are your hopes, wise ones? Faith. Faith. Respecting all. Janet? The politicians would learn to tell the truth. So, so when you're over 75, you could just say whatever you want. At the first service, Jim White said, impeach Donald Trump! <laughs> so, Basically, we can say whatever we want after 75. Excellent. Any other hopes from this beautiful, not-so-silent generation? Yes. Genet genet generativity towards younger generations. Yeah. Yes. Wisdom. Excellent. Yes, Nancy. Recognition and acceptance. Look at this. The mass generations have hope in hard times. At the beginning of this new church year, all of the generations sing a story of hope, don't we? Well, God really is usually the one who manifests it and brings the vision to reality. There's work for each of us to do. We've got to do our work. And then when we truly, truly want to have that inspiration and hope, we look for it. So may each of you quietly consider what you're truly longing for this season. Get in touch with a God that can make things become manifest. And may we work and watch and wait for the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.